This is Kari Gale. And this is Tony Critz. Welcome to the Pilgrim Lost Podcast, a space for those who wander and wonder. All right. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, Today is January 6th. We're recording on January 6th. A Monday. A Monday. Um, giving ourselves plenty of time to post and do all the things we need to do to post the podcast tomorrow. Uh, it's the new year. We hope your holidays were well. Happy, fun, full of festive goodness. Okay, that's enough of that conversation. Okay. It's redundant. Um, oh, I wanted to tell you about this experience I had, walking. Yeah, you mentioned that you had a... a encounter and you I wanted encounter. to share it. and you wouldn't share it with me prior you said you wanted to do it on the mic so go for it okay tell me about it so my um so you know i'm making this documentary yeah on children early childhood illiteracy uh we're gonna change the world and my <laughs> di- my director is this brilliant 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 young filmmaker named connor and connor and i were walking around the city and talking about the documentary and just some strategic things we're doing and i'm sort of playing a writer advisor role anyway so we're walking around the city and there's this man coming towards us and he's you know dressed in like jeans and a sweatshirt and like hiking boots and a conservative haircut and a disheveled backpack and he walks towards us and 20 feet from us he stops he stops in this very sort of dramatic way and he takes off his backpack and he flops it on the ground next to him and he's standing right in the middle of the sidewalk you know he's clearly like blocking our path and using his backpack to block the path and so we walk up to him and he pulls out of his pack this book this thick like workbook looking book something that looks Mm self-published and he just starts talking at us doesn't introduce himself doesn't ask us our names, doesn't even say hello. He just goes immediately into, don't you think it's weird that we're not really talking about the Sasquatch? Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> and there's and there's all these things that are going on and it's I can't believe that I can't believe that no one no one's paying attention to this. And, and, and did you know that did you know that 243 people were were, were taken from Can I from, just yeah. interrupt you and say Please. that phrase did you know is one of my worst hated phrases. Is that correct English? Worst hated? Maybe. Sound a little awkward. Worsely hated. <laughs> yes. Whatever. Whatever the correct phraseology is. Okay. I when someone says did you know, it's not a it's not like let's have a discussion about it. It's you're clearly missing this piece of information that is true and I need to impart it to you. Okay. Was that how it came across? I I was I was stopped in my tracks. <laughs> In multiple senses, like standing there, I'm standing next to Connor and we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of things to discuss. And this guy's clearly just getting started. Like he's ramping up and he has out his book and he's flipping back and forth from page to page in kind of a manic sort of way, pointing to footnotes and end notes and showing us things. And, and, and this person wrote this book and no, 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 no one's paying attention to it. No one's reading it. This is the problem with our society today is no one's actually doing the research. The research needs to be done. And if we knew this, if we'd actually did it and no, 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 no. And he goes, and he goes, you know, over 300, over 300, over 300 books have been quoted in this. And no, 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 no. And it's just like, it's just going on and on. And I'm standing there and Connor is out of my line of sight. He's sort of like half a step behind me. And I'm listening to this man 
and everything in my programming is escape. Clearly, I we all know that feeling. And um, I had this this stop inside of me uh, that I, I I'm going to say came from outside of me because I don't want to take any credit for it. Like from outside of me, there was this stop placed upon me. And the stop was, what is kind in this situation? That was the question. What is kind? And this is a topic that I that I'm really interested in, Kari, and I want to get your thoughts on. Um, but the idea, the difference in kind and nice, and mm. in our in our Christmas pod, we talked about going home and being with family and how to engage people around the dining room table when these in these complicated polarized times. But even like out walking, so you cross so many souls, uh, and this and this was clearly a soul, and it felt like a gift. It felt like this person was being given to me in this very very specific moment when I had every excuse to blow him off. Like I was, I mean, this is a half million dollar documentary. Like we need to, we need to get work done, you know, and um, and the que- the question, what is kind? And um, one of my thoughts was, kind is not nice. Those are two different concepts. Um, nice, actually, I heard, comes from the root to ignore. So nice is sort of to pretend and like, oh, uh, no. mm. anyway, mm, you know, whatever. Uh, so it means that I, how do I actually engage this person as a human being? How do I affirm that they are a fellow traveler on this blue and green orb? And then my second thought was, it, it also requires that I don't lie. Oh, wow. I don't say, sorry, I, we have to be somewhere. When we don't have to be somewhere. We may want to be somewhere. Right. Right? And so, or, um, or whatever. The thousand little tiny ways that I hedge the truth with people in order to escape. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we end up spending about, probably about half an hour with this man. And finally at the end, we, um, I asked him his name. And I'm not going to say his name, but um, I did get to know his name and um, tried, tried to just at the end, just ask him about why he cares about it so much. Like, why do you care about this topic? Where does this come from in you? Which was exactly what you were sharing on our last podcast with anyone. Oh. Yeah. Look at that. I know. Circle so maybe it was our podcast that it's inspired, <laughs> inspired me. Maybe that. Maybe you were the voice from outside. No, of no, me. it was your voice. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I just wanted to. I just wanted to throw out that idea a bit. Is the distinction between kind and nice? Does that speak at all? Does that connect? You know, I, I honest, to be honest, I haven't heard that distinction before. But I think so. A, a good friend of mine had a situation where. Um, she was engaging with she just was having a difficult communication situation and uh-huh. and there's this uh old saying that people have said for a long time but it kind of harkens back to what you're talking about and uh basically the question when you're gonna you're in a hard situation and you need to communicate something to someone you ask three questions huh. is it true is it kind is it necessary and whether you speak it. And whether you speak it. Okay. Right? Okay. And so 
the word kind to me is always uh, held more weight, perhaps, than... It's interesting that you say that connect nice with almost a falseness. Yeah, yeah. Pageantry. Pa- yeah, exactly. The church foyer. The, the hi, brother. Hey, sister. Oh, you yes. Know, that, yes. That whole sort of... We're required to sort of smile and how are you today? I'm I'm well. How are you? You know, when in fact, you know, you were just like screaming at your kids in the car on the way over or whatever. You know, no, I'm great. You know, right. God bless you. Nice, Sorry. nice. No, it it's it's a perfect example. Um, and in fact, <laughs> when I was going through my divorce, I avoided the church foyer just for those very things because. Mm-hmm. I couldn't engage in that false sort of surface conversation, even if there maybe was good intention behind it. But I, yeah, I, I think every person has experienced that level of niceness, when, yeah. which you'd just rather not. Um, and I think on honestly too, and as I've gotten older, my friend group has um, diminished because I am not living in the world of nice in relationships isn't appealing anymore. Yeah. So going back to your question about kind and nice, I think here it is. Here's the distinction. Nice okay. is how do I save face? How do I look good? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind is how do I impact this person in a way that's going to be meaningful, help them feel like a human being, like you said, on this planet. Like, those are to me the distinctions. Yeah. Um, and being kind is hard in a lot of situations. And I find I find <laughs> as I've been navigating and trying to be more intentional about how I interact with people, uh, taking that moment and honestly something I've been doing a lot is when someone engages with me and asks me a question, um, whether it's how tall are you or <laughs> is that your tiny house? You know, these questions that are more like just people's curiosity um, saying, hey, what's your name? Right. And, and immediately bringing it to a personal level because being recognized as a person rather than just um, like having your name called out is really mm-hmm. is very uh, there's a there's a. A magic to it that mm-hmm. helps people feel known, even if it's just for a second or two. Yeah. So this guy got his name. Why do you care about this topic so much? Why, you know, looking at the scholarship and have, have being someone who wrote a dissertation, um, there was real scholarship. He what actually. What's your dissertation on? Shush. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, affirming the work that he had done, and then at the and then we asked him. Um, what is it you're hoping for out here? Like you're walking around and you're stopping people. What are you hoping to accomplish? I'm interested in that. And he said, thank you. Thank you. I'd like to tell you that. What I'm hoping to accomplish out here, wait, wait. First, thank you for not being mean to me. Thank you for not being mean to me. What I'm hoping to accomplish is I want people to, and then he just went on to, to sell. But he had this moment, moment. and um, I don't, I don't know his story. There's, he clearly doesn't communicate as sort of like mainstream 
folks communicate, right? His, mm. But there was this moment where he just goes, thank you for not being mean to me. And I just, I was struck by this. This guy, whatever you think of his mission and his passion, he's willing to sort of expose himself to meanness all day long, just hoping that somebody will talk to him about this thing that is important to him. I was like, holy smokes, that is, I can't even imagine how lonely that must be. It also strikes me that, you know, we, we look at people on the corner with their signs or wh- whatever it is that they're doing where they're trying to engage. I, I was just downtown and was down at picking up something at a store and passed by a group of people with their mission, whatever they were trying to put across. And I think it's the very same thing where you're like, wow, they're doing this all day long and most everybody tries to escape them. They might be nice, but they are trying to escape them talking to to you, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I thought, how they must really feel very, very passionate about this thing that they would choose to expose themselves to that kind of ridicule that they and I thought wow like we all talk about oh I want to be passionate and find this passion and then yet here are people that actually are super passionate about the thing that they believe in and we dismiss them as the crazy on the corner and how it's 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 ironic right it is um that's so kind be kind (laughs) so be kind. I'm. I. I'm not. I mean. I'm not. I'm not naturally kind. I have moments of kindness. You have moments. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. <clears throat> Thank great. you. Um. Yeah. I just. And I. I really think the telling the truth thing. Um, is important. Something in that for me. And I mean, I'm an eight on the enneagram, so telling the truth isn't exactly a problem for me. I. I sometimes <laughs> right. revel, revel in it, but. Um, well, I think the truth pairing it with kindness is where you, where the the challenge is. Yeah. Because it's really easy to be true and tell something somebody oh, something really yeah. painful and hurtful. Yeah, truth is not by definition. And then to but to to link kindness to it and have to like put that little link together, that's where it gets really hard. Yeah. Hmm. So um I wanted I wanted to read to you this um this comment on that I got on Facebook about our podcast. Oh, cool. Read on. So it's from Colette. Hmm. And Colette said, Pilgrim Lost really is one of my favorite podcasts. Wow. Yeah. It's so easy to subscribe to podcasts that reinforce my own philosophies and preferences in this overly opinionated world, but Pilgrim Lost is so different. You and Kari present such interesting ideas in a gentle and exploratory way. It doesn't feel didactic or forced. It is simply an offering, a gift to listeners to consider old things in new ways. It's a very refreshing breath for these tired times. Wow. Isn't Thank you, sweet? Colette. Thank that's you, Colette. beautiful. I, I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. I yeah. think that's, that's amazing. And you know what? Like, if we can do that, like, yeah. like, like. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm having a moment. I'm like, that, you know, when you're doing a creative project, when you put something out there in the world and you're having a creative expression, it really does feel like throwing, especially in this day and age, is 
throwing things into like a black hole. You're just hoping something sticks and I'm mis- mixing metaphors. I'm having spaghetti and black holes at the same time. But mm. you know what I'm saying? You you put it out there and it really goes out into this into the interwebs in the world and you hope people are listening and you hope people are being impacted. Mm-hmm. Uh but when you get a comment like that, you're like, this is totally worth it. And yeah. how how amazing. So sweet. And here's the deal. I met I met Colette in 1987. Shut the front door. Shut the front door. We were, I was 16. I think she was 15. And we both took our summer and didn't know her, but we worked in an orphanage in Ecuador together. Really? Yeah. And we weren't even that close. Like, I mean, fine. I mean, we were working in the same orphanage and, you know, playing games in the evening. We weren't particularly friends and then left, didn't hear from her for like 30 years. And now she's like popped back up and found us. That's an amazing thing. Isn't that an amazing thing? See, that's the beauty. That is, that's where you're like social media and, and Facebook and things are beautiful that way. Yeah. You would never, ever have connection with her if you social media didn't exist, right? Right. So um, that's the love part of the love-hate relationship. We could have, we could have written letters on parchment. <laughs> sent them rolled them up in tiny little rolls and stuck them in a bottle and then tossed them them into the sea (laughs) all right seriously okay gone off we've gone round the bend (laughs) it's because i'm not having caffeine tony Uh, do you want to talk about that i can okay very so it's the new year and it's time for change and apparently one of your changes is no caffeine well no caffeine and i'm doing no alcohol and um this is actually, you know, so people do they make these decisions and changes because they're like, I'm going to be more healthy in 2020 and I'm going to go to the gym three times a week and I'm going to eat superfoods or whatever they choose to do. And, um, and that's great. And usually the New Year is when people, you know, you go to the gym and it's packed out because everyone's at the gym doing their thing for you know a good two, three weeks. And then it kind of dies down again. Um, but I did not make this decision like that. I actually made this decision because of a health issue that I have that when I looked into it, the symptoms I was having that were not fun uh, were due to caffeine and alcohol. So I very reluctantly have gone off of it. And um, so it's not one of those, I'll be a new person in the new year. It's very much a reluctant, I don't believe I have to go off of this sort of thing. And um, I'm trying to embrace it because I'm feeling better, so I can mm-hmm. tell it's working. But uh, it's an interesting thing to do it the backwards way, where you're kind of forced to do it versus making the choice to do something. And I think that a lot of change happens in our life because of that, where yeah. it's not like, for example, if we're in a job that we dislike, and then we make that choice, and we, make, we plan and strategize, and then we get that new job that we love. Usually we're let go. And then we have to figure out how to move on and maybe we find a job we love. Usually as humans, we're sort of forced into the corner and then we finally change our life and make a decision maybe right. that, that moves us out of that pathway because of something outside of our control. Right. Well, part of the reason we named this program Lost is because we wanted to fight against this sort of... Um, 
perfection, uh, woo-woo, I'm just just trying Ten to Ten easy one. steps to yeah, or, completion. Or whatever. That So much of this is hard. So much of it is, is getting lost. So, so much of it is the wilderness. So much of life in the process of trying to become more human and become more whole is it doesn't it's not because of the most perfect idyllic romance novel reasons like sometimes it's because we're forced to or sometimes it's because of pain or sometimes um it's it's because of grief absolutely walk into these things and um and for us to be okay with that you know and um like right before you turn the microphone on you're like well i didn't I'm not giving up caffeine for good, any good reasons. And I was like, that's a gr- no, you're doing it for a great reason. Your body said please in a very, very specific way. And you went, okay, I'm going to submit to this and take it as an opportunity. And I'm like, that's, that seems to me is exactly what we're talking about. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting because even as we, we talk through these things and we talk about Pilgrim Lost and clearly like, my original walk on the Camino de Santiago was because I was in immense grief. It wasn't because mm-hmm. I had a month off and I someone gave me a bunch of cash and I said, oh, I'm going to go on vacation and I'm going to go walk the Camino and have an epic adventure. It was because I was absolutely broken down, needed to mourn, needed something. It was not right. because of something good. And uh-uh. Let's be careful with our language. It wasn't because of something easy. Or... Easy. Yes, you're right wasn't because of something easy and the the idea that you know there's lots and lots of things written about how suffering really is the thing that really moves us and transforms us and that's being played out right now because my body was suffering and I've had I'm having to change something because of that suffering and and I'm trying to look at it as I as I I'm actually sitting here looking at my teacup right now as I drink tea this morning, um, how do you shift out of that mindset of, of resistance Mm -hmm. into embracing? And that kind of actually is, as we talk about goals for the new year, I, I have this beautifully written piece of paper that's taped up right here next to my desk and it says the river. And the idea of the river is, is this flow, this idea of flow. And actually, I've been reading a lot more about this concept of the river as I've been reading through Richard Rohr's The Divine Dance, which talks about mm-hmm. the Trinitarian um, concept and this idea of flow of relationship, uh, flow of love between people. And all these things that we've talked about this morning is this idea of kindness and how do we treat people? How do we have that generosity of spirit that we talked about in the last podcast? And... Is the idea of the river is how do you step into that flow in your life? And uh, sometimes we want to, we have an idea of what we think our life should be and an expectation. And to me, that's sort of getting in the river, but then like getting stuck in an eddy and smacking your head against a rock while you fight for something that maybe really isn't isn't going to happen for you. And so for me this year, as I'm like, people talk about like, there's this idea of one word. Have you heard of the one word concept? Yeah. Um, so this is my word. Actually, it's two words, but river. Um, and actually, the idea that I would focus on this idea of stepping into 
what's to set it's I see even as I try to explain it it's kind of hard to explain but instead of resisting going oh I hate the fact that I have to stop drinking coffee or alcohol what is what in this space is really good and that I can embrace celebrate and celebrate how do I how do I enter into this and stop resisting it and what can I learn about the situation and myself and to me that's stepping in the river and so that is a really broad goal interesting (laughs) for the year um partly because when I start to try to do create like have goals big goals out there so for me and like my art business and the things I'm doing with illustration the moment that I start planning and putting goals out there I start to really tighten up and like like I want to control the Mm. shit out of something Ooh, we don't have a bleeper outer I'm sorry (laughs) it may happen again um but the idea that that I can't control really anything I can I can be open I can I can plan I can try to do the things that I need to do to move something forward but at the end of the day it's out of my control and so being being open to stepping in the river and letting the flow take me where it takes me and still having those goals and dreams and ambitions but being open to that maybe 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 the the river will twist and change and take me someplace that I didn't anticipate and letting and not resisting that yeah. I have a word for the year. Tell me. You know, Amy has that bag of hearthstones. Yes, I, I have. Uh, see, right so here. So there's little terracotta, these little terracotta hearts that you have a word on it. And, and you this, draw it out of a bag. Yeah, she has this velvet bag that's it's full so of lovely. these uh, <laughs> I little love, hearthstones. I and, love that um, bag. Yeah. Oh, it's a huge, it's a huge She lets part. me draw one out on my birthday every year. That's and why I know about it. we're thankful to Liz Martin who turned us on to them. Oh. Um, so I, I pulled out my my hearthstone for the year, and the word I got was shift. <gasps> I thought you were saying something else. <laughs> no, we're not bleeping. <laughs> shift. shift. Wow. Shift. So. Does that, I mean, I'll be honest, there's been, there was a year when I pulled out one of the stones, and I looked at the word, and I put it back in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. And no, I no, got, no. And I got suffering. No, I don't think so. Let's try again. <laughs> oh, I think it was like constant pleasure is a perfect, perfect hearthstone for me. <laughs> you just, you just scribble it out, like write in your own word, whatever you want. People are like, why is there a sharpie on this one? Um, yeah, it was, it was something like integrity, and I was like, no, <laughs> this is not happening this year. <laughs> um, so when you think of shift shift what do you what like strikes you are you like whoa i don't know yet but Mm. i'm just letting you know that that's a word Mm. and if you want to revisit it at some point Mm. um but to me it does um well i this is something i think i can say i have been existing ever since my mom died four years ago and um a bunch of other mass sort of changes happened in our story um I sort of stopped living on the circus, stopped traveling and speaking all the time, and I was on the road a lot before that. And over the last four years, I've really been sort of, to quote friends, stuck in second gear. Mm-hmm. I've been stuck in second gear for the last four years. Um, still doing a lot of creative projects, but nothing, nothing risky, nothing at capacity. And um, I think I think shift might mean 
changing gears. That's a very good word for gear shifting. Shift? Yeah. Hmm. Shifter. A shifter. Well, you know what? Let's hope it's not shifty. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> no, that's... Um, I think... I, th- I like the idea of the one word thing, partly because it le- does leave that opening for mm-hmm. that flow of, of saying, I wonder what this means, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be attuned to it. I'm going to kind of put out my spidey senses and kind of be aware that if this, this is something that I want to embrace, like looking for opportunities to, to engage in, in whatever that thing might be. So the idea that it's rather than saying this year, I'm going to do X. I like the idea of the one word, uh, kind of, kind of allowing that word to sort of guide you a little bit Mm -hmm. and, and potentially be, um, just inform, inform how you think about life for a bit mm-hmm. rather than be so didactic and like, this is what you're going to do. Uh, so one thing I wanted to share with the audience, yes. our listeners I'm is, excited. um, we have a really cool thing that we did over we this. Did? Yes, we did. We <laughs> We did it. Tell me all about it. <laughs> well, we, of course, we went when we launched our our uh, podcast and website. We went on a Portland pilgrimage that was really beautiful, and um, we hope to do that pilgrimage again, um, perhaps plan- this year. Yeah, yeah. And we're planning in, like May or June. May or June, when it's doing- a little warmer and not so rainy, because right now it's very gray and rainy in Portland. So, um, but we had um, some lovely folks along that filmed that that walk for mm-hmm. us and then we had uh, another lovely gentleman shout out to spencer tresker from south platte studios he did some wonderful editing and made a really cool little trailer as it were for um for our podcast and yeah. so we have put that up um online on our instagram and our website and facebook and we'd love for you guys to check it out um and um and share it that would yeah. be amazing because one of the things that we are kind of an overall goal for this year and the next six months for, for Pilgrim Lost is that we get out in front of more listeners and yeah. um, we really need your help to do that. So the more that you can share us and tell people about us and if there's a particular episode that you find really fascinating that you could, um, you know, speak some kind words and tell people about it would be great. We'd so appreciate it. Wow. Look at you. Spokesperson. Well done. This... <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by Green, Green Tea. tea. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right on the same page. Uh, oh. Okay, um, I do have one. I do have one piece of news. Yes. I think with our production schedule on the documentary, I'm not going to be able to walk the Camino in May, like oh. I thought I was going to walk the Norte Trail. In May, I was going to take. I was going to take. Do you see my sad face right I do. now? I do. But can, can you can you push it off? Can you do it at some I other think, time during the I year? I think I can. I think I can block it out and go September October, which is right around my birthday. Your which birthday? Fitty. 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 What I'll a be, yo- what a young spring chicken you are. <laughs> I'll be fitty this year. Oh, uh, so, um, that's that. Well, that. So hopefully it's still going to happen, but we just. We're going to be right in the heart of editing and some final 
interviewing and stuff for the documentary and so i have needed. to be around for that you're needed hey i have some news as well what's that so i am really excited i'm going to be doing a workshop oh yeah 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 a yeah. travel art workshop that's coming up here um at the end of january it's january 25th and uh as of today you can go and register online at my website at carigale.com and um it's just 10 participants and we already have i believe it's half filled so um, five more spots. Um, very excited about it. It's basically going to be a three-hour workshop. And I'm going to share with you the tips and tricks I've learned over the last seven years of doing journal art. And you'll get to make your own little cool travel journal kit, um, the paint kit that I use every single day when I paint, and um, get all my favorite supplies. And I'm going to... Supplies. Supplies. Supplies are great. Um yeah, just I'm excited. I'm really excited to do it. This is my inaugural official workshop. I did a workshop, a kind of a a trial run last year, but this is my first one sharing with the public. So I'm super excited. Uh, so go go check that out if you guys are interested and sign up. Um, again, it will be January 25th, and you can sign up online. So CariGale.com. Gale is in the storm. G-A-L-E. So carigale.com and uh, Pilgrim Lost, one of our one of our languages of pilgriming is creativity and nurturing creativity in one another and um, setting out sort of uh, road markers along the way that we would step more deeply into creativity. It's a great opportunity to do that. So you go to carigale.com, check that out. And you can see her art there too, so you can kind of see her style and if that's something that speaks to you. So I encourage you to do that. Okay. Um, can, can can I tell you? Can, can we talk about blue zones? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, I had a chance to go to Central Oregon to visit with a mentor of mine named Randy Woodley. Uh, incredibly generous man, and um, Randy turned me on to this concept called blue zones that he's been looking into for himself. And so Blue Zones are, are it's this National Geographic study they did where they sent researchers all over the globe to find these little tiny pockets where, where people, an inordinate percentage of people lived to be over 100 years old. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about it. We did, like a, a month tiny and a half. Bit, yeah. So I've been, I've, been reading, I've been reading about it and doing some just research. And I think to start, start the new year, it might be something just, just to kind of do the little highlights. And I will say that I was so uh, so thinking that I would go buy that book as well. And I didn't. I was busy and did other things. So you will have to Sorry. be the, the sharer of the information. Go to YouTube. Put in Blue Zones. <laughs> you can get all the information. It's free and it's only 20 minutes of your life. Um, no, I mean, the, the book's great and the stories are incredible. And I told one story a couple pods ago. But um, so the... The, sort of the goal of it, you know, they got to meet all these centenarians all over the world, and that was beautiful, and hear their stories, and they did this, like, narrative research, which is, you know, you just draw out people's value systems by asking them questions about their life and their family and how they've lived and what they've done. And then the sociologists and anthropologists, you know, took all of this narrative research, and they, they tried to find common themes throughout these communities all over the globe, you know, the one in Italy, one in Greece, one in Costa Rica, one in Japan, one in Loma Linda, California. You know, this is like these little tiny communities. And none of it's rocket science, right? But um, 
But then again, it's really, to me, it's really fascinating. So they, they managed to come up with nine values. Nine values that are true of all of these communities and all of the whole life story of each of these centenarians around the globe. And <clears throat> there were things like um, staying connected to family, you know, to the point of like daily, like in proximity. Mm-hmm. And so many of the centenarians are like caring for their great, great, great grandchildren now in the home. Is that you know? possible? Great, great, great. Who knows? You know, however many greats. But <laughs> they're, uh, you know, and um, a lot of them are living in these, I mean, not primitive, but isolated spots around the planet. And so family, um, there's definitely this emphasis on lifelong relationships. They all mm. have, and the Japanese actually have a word for it. That, but it's like this group of friends that, that you're sort of given when you're like two years old by the collective parents. They go, you guys are going to be this group for the rest of your life. I don't know the Japanese word for it. And then, I mean, then they just have these stories, these same six people who are all 103, like still get together for sake at 5 p.m. every day to, to, to talk about the gossip of the village or whatever. It's That's like, stunning. It's crazy. It's crazy stuff. And then um, purpose is essential. So nobody retires. No, None of these centenarians around the world retire. Oh, another value of the study is it's not just you get to be over 100, but you're living well past 100, meaning you're, you're not stuck in bed. You're not mentally not present. Your memory isn't gone. Like you... They're still highly communicative. They can still get around. They're still contributing. So anyway, so purpose was really essential, never retiring, um, always having a sense of why you exist. I just want to jump in there because like one of the things that that I, in my life that like as I think about, gosh, I just used a lot of legs. Sorry, everyone. When I think about what I want to do in my life, I art and the things that I do, I want to choose something that I want to do until I die. Mm-hmm. And the entire American society is built on saving, doing whatever it is you need to do to make a lot of money and put it away so that mm-hmm. they, you can then retire right. and not do it anymore. And and what an interesting contrast that what you're saying is all right. these really healthy, beautiful, you know, fulfilled people aren't doing that. Right. Right, and, and when they say never retire, they're not necessarily saying they continue to be an accountant their whole life, but like... They the, have meaningful work like that they do. These 106-year-old Japanese women still spend three hours a day working their garden and growing their own food. Right. Right? Yeah. Or whatever. You know, uh, the, the shepherd in the island of Sardinia still walks four miles up to the top of the mountain where his sheep are grazing every morning and spends the day with, you know, and then walks back, you know, he's 102, you know, or whatever. These are the stories. So that um, regular attendance of religious ceremonies. Wow. Is one of the, one of the values. And it wasn't even particularly that they believed in something particular or even believed in God at all. It was the participation in the rhythms of religious ceremony that they could identify as being consistent across all the groups. Isn't that interesting? That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think part of it is that rootedness to community. Like I'm connected to something. I think it plays into that purpose statement. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 
this is my this is my world i'm i'm a co i'm part of it right okay so those things um and this is an interesting thing for uh our pilgriming discussion um non-athletic physicality oh my essential so base like walking walking. (laughs) walking working the garden like these are the values like they don't these people have never run like they've they never uh you know in our society it's so much like do a triathlon do a you know really push yourself hone your body into this machine and they go no actually these people just regular active lifestyle has gotten them to be over 100 and i maybe would make a distinction i think you said non-athletic yeah i would maybe say non-competitive because i think walking can be it's can be very athletic yeah yeah, i don't want to diminish that because yeah yeah i just i didn't know the best way to say it you're right yeah so that was really interesting um because you know i'm I'm 50 this year, and sometimes I think, you know what, I should go back. I should go back to the gym and get in shape. And then I read this, and these guys are just like, are you kidding me? Work in the garden and walk walk to a couple appointments a day. That's all you need to do. Is this Griffin Brooklyn? <laughs> so, uh, we'll have some coffee after we, we don't do what we, we, we think we should that's terrible. I can't believe you just tried to do an accent. I know. It's horrible. I, I, I actually laugh because... Um, I am one of the worst yeah. accent. I can't do any accents, but my boyfriend is even worse than I am. <laughs> okay. I'll ask Scott next time I'm around him. <laughs> Don't Go do accent it. now. <laughs> so, um, so as you kind of looked through those, was there besides the, like almost all of those could be, could be tied back to pilgrimage. I think totally like, I mean, I don't know that there was a single one that I would, yeah. Would would say doesn't relate to pilgrimage, and so it's this these common themes where you're like, okay, there's something to this. Okay, let me just bang through the last four really oh, quickly. Yeah. I've, I've said five. So uh, another one's they call it downshift. So it's sort of um, living a non hectic life, a non frenetic oh, life. Yeah. Um, so also that's sort of like taking the time to walk places, or or um, like they said that there's this incredible value to just like choosing to show up to every appointment 15 minutes early so you can center yourself and be sort of and then but also if something goes wrong on the way there you've got a 15 minute buffer well, so you're not that, late that's me on the bus like when you ride the bus and you don't have a car that's exactly what you have to do yeah you get you get to places early yeah you have you know if something went wrong you you know you 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 you're an hour out so you could call a friend or get a taxi or a taxi who knows what taxis are? An Uber. Um, but yeah, no, that... that horse and carriage. <laughs> horse and carriage. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> but truly, uh, that is an aspect of yeah. not having a car that I really enjoy. And it's weird because people don't get it. They're like, oh, taking a really long time to get someplace? Yeah. That feels that feels not okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I never and then you. And then there's several about diet. And um, so... Uh, plant plant slant they call it so mostly just plants more, more plants more, more plants than meat but meat all these all these people groups eat meat just not every day right you know it's yeah. it's it's um non-daily but meat is a part of their diet that's just what they found that's what they discovered um then there's one that i'm saving for the end because 
Um, we here oh, at Pilgrim oh, Loss do not advocate for a vegetarian or non-vegetarian diet. Make your own we, choices. We do not take a position. <laughs> Consult your local physician. Um, th- this is one that actually the Japanese actually have a word for it uh, that, again, I'm not going to know. But eating till you're 80% full. <gasps> That's brilliant. Having this gauge inside of you. So, um, and another one. Uh, maybe it was the Costa Ricans. They had this term. They didn't talk about getting full. They talk about being not hungry anymore. Like eating to the point where I'm no longer hungry as opposed to eating to the point where I feel like I'm at capacity. And so it was this, there was this value that they found across the world of this like 80% eating. And so it tends to be smaller plate cultures. It tends to be um, uh, smaller portion cultures. And, uh, and so I thought that was fascinating and a great value. That's amazing. So I actually was just talking about that in the sense of uh, the idea that, you know, all of us, I mean, I don't know, maybe not all of us, but the vast majority of us have gone through wanting to lose weight at some point in our lives. And I grew up with incredibly screaming fast metabolism, so really didn't have to deal with it until well into my 30s. And now it's hitting me as I... Is I near 50? I'm not mm-hmm. there yet, but <laughs> not like Thanks. some people at Thanks this a table. Lot. <laughs> um, is this idea of portion control. And I think we're trained in the, in the States and Western culture that being full, feeling that fullness is like a good feeling. And that's, that's what we're aiming for. That if we don't feel that sort of, oh, feeling where you kind of have to loosen your pants Mm -hmm. because your belly's so full that you didn't get enough and and that's a hard mind it's a hard thing to switch in your brain that that not being hungry is what you're aiming for and so for me one of the things this that i actually was talking about just yesterday this year as i think about my health is uh aiming for that and instead of just instead of saying Oh, I'm not going to eat carbs or I'm going to go on the keto or the whole 30 and I'm going to do these things. I'm just saying the one goal I have food wise is to eat till I'm not hungry. Yeah. And that that's it. And And I do that naturally. I'm not great. This is just the way that God made my the engine of my body. I'm not I'm not a big eater. I never have been. My mother mocked me about it. When I lived in Albania, the Albanians totally mocked me about it. They couldn't believe that because to them, I'm, I'm a huge human being and I would eat less than anybody else at the table. I'm just not a big eater. But one thing I do, I just love flavor. Mm. I love flavor so much. I'm such a sensual person that I'm, I cut little tiny bites because I want it to last, but I don't want a lot. And so I, oh, you're I'm so just that, naturally I'm wired like this lucky. way. And, uh, <laughs> I and wish I was so wired good. that way. And another thing um, that actually they talked about is being emotionally present to your food. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of like eating in front of the TV and where it's a passive thing is mm-hmm. actually, it's actually bad on multiple levels for mm-hmm. your physiology and psychology. But sort of like when you eat, sit and like engage, you know, the person that you're with, mm-hmm. but also engage the food. Like think about like putting the, putting the flavors together and, and really having this like almost like gratitude to mother earth with each bite this like so being present to the gift of flavor there's a wonderful little book that tom has uh, my my neighbor slash landlord House, yeah. housemate property mate property mate property mate 
Um, but I we cook together on Monday nights, which we're going to oh, cook together tonight. Which this I'm, is a whole idea we need to talk about sometime on the pod. We totally, I think, will. Okay. But we cook together on Monday nights. Today is Monday, so we're all cooking together. Um, and what we do when we sit down, we, we have... Uh, I'll talk about the details in a different podcast. But when yeah. we sit down, there's this little this book cool. that Tom has on his table called, I think it's called The Zen of Eating. Huh. And it's this wonderful little book. And it's like a prayer, but it's a little reading. And it talks exactly about that. Like, connect with your food. Be present. And it's um, probably um, 50 readings that you can read at the beginning of a meal that really help sort of bring your mind into that space where you're not nice. just putting food in your mouth but you're really engaging in that moment and that being present to the to the to the food to the meal to the community around you so right. i would highly recommend that book i really love it I'll, I'll get the name of it and put it in the notes but um yeah so these all these topics could be their own podcast i know i know and um the last the ninth value and it's so interesting reading the the books about it because it's clearly that they're trying to be good sociologists. They're trying to be good si human scientists. Mm -hmm. So they can't leave anything out, but they kind of don't want to have this be a value. But they they observed it everywhere they went, and they couldn't deny it. So they just sort of like say it, and they like skip over it, and like run, you know, run because they don't want to say it. But um, daily alcohol consumption. Shut the front door. Shut the front door. <laughs> they're like they're like one or two glasses a day. Like consistently among these communities so interesting over 100 years of your life starting often when they were children this was a part of their life and they're like we don't know all, all we can do is observe right right and correlation does not mean causation so interesting but that's that was one of the nine values and and it's clear they don't want to admit it like right. they, 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 they sort of <laughs> skip over really quickly but i just thought well, it, this whole word, the word that, you know, people talk about, and it's almost a dirty word in the sense that it's when you talk about it, people sort of roll their eyes. But when we talk about meat consumption or we talk about exercise or we talk about, not maybe exercise, but we talk about any of these things that that we tend to want to either be on or off. Right. Um, this idea of that middle ground of moderation, the word moderation, right? People are sort of like, ugh moderately sounds so sort of boring and the idea that we could effectively have alcohol every day but if we had if we were moderate about it you know it i i tend to be right. like i go either i'm like i'm not drinking alcohol this month or i am not necessarily being extremely unhealthy but i'm having more than i need i'm not being moderate when i'm when right. i'm allowing myself alcohol so the idea that it could be healthy, and I imagine in these communities, it was probably, you know, like you said, one or two glasses. They weren't having three glasses of wine and two whiskeys and another cocktail. Probably not. Yeah, and a lot of that's just, a lot of that is the result of their, their pretty poor cultures. I mean, you know, the, there just wasn't a ton, but that was the, that was the beverage of the, that particular culture. And so you drank, mm. you drank a, a shorty with dinner, you know, or right. you met your friends for sake at the end of the day, you know, right. or whatever. Right. So the reason I, I've just been enjoying the book and I'm really thankful to Randy encouraging me to look into it. And it's been stimulating, 
But also, like I said at the beginning, it's not rocket science. Like you right. hear all of those nine values and you're just like, duh, you know, <laughs> sure, you should eat more plants. My mom's been telling me that since I was a kid or whatever. But um, so I like your moderation comment because the beginning of the year is this time where people make grandiose goals. And often that's just a vehicle for shame. Mm. Like I didn't. I didn't fulfill, I, I, I didn't even make it to February with this thing I said I was going to do because I claimed I was going to run 10 miles a day every day for the rest of my life or whatever. And, you know, but this, the, this, these values stimulate thinking about lifestyle as opposed to like a checklist goals or yeah, whatever. Just, I want to step into some of these values more. And here's the thing. I don't want to live to be over 100. There's nothing in me that wants to live to be over 100. And that's a conversation for another day. Me neither. But what but what I think what I think living to be over 100 is a byproduct of living a life the way humans were meant to live. Agreed. The human animal was designed to work in a particular way. And when it's working well, when we're experiencing our full humanness, one of the possible byproducts is long life, but I'm more concerned about tomorrow and today and next Thursday. You know, am I experiencing, am I having the human experience the way I was designed to have it? Does my body functioning, the, the mechanics of my body functioning, is the mechanics of my soul, the mechanics of my mind, are they functioning in the way that I was created to do? And one thing that's fascinating, I think about these, I mean, it's National Geographic. Like, you know, this is, this is not a bastion of spirituality. It's, these are, these are scientists going to do this. And what did they arrive at? They arrived at values that you could take and put in the Old Testament of the Bible in the dietary and lifestyle laws. And they would line up almost identically, you know, live this way. Right. You know, and that was, that's, that's a religious book that was written 5,000 years ago, you know, but the two things, they came to the same conclusion. Why? Because they're human conclusions. They're not, they're not, they're not get skinny quick conclusions. They're not the Beverly Hills diet plan conclusions. They are the, what does it mean to be human is really what they're studying. And to live life more fully and well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's why, that's why I like them. And that's, I like the way they stimulate me to think. And so maybe there's something in there. Maybe there's something in there. I mean, there's certainly some ideas from it that I want to adopt. Yeah. Dig into more. Yeah. And maybe we will in the new year because it's 2020. It is. And we want to have 2020 vision. <laughs> I was, I've been waiting to see something where someone did something like that, where they're like 2020 vision in 2020. Mm. It's so bad. I'm actually a little embarrassed. I just said it. <laughs> it's okay. We'll forgive you. So you got anything else? I think that's it. I, um, I'm, I'm excited about the new year. I'm excited about what it holds and. It's always, it's always so great to have like a, when I draw and, you know, I might do a drawing and, and either do something I like or don't like, but when I, when I tear that fresh sheet off and I have that fresh, clean sheet, it's just like, oh, I get to start again. And I think everyone appreciates that about the new year. So whatever you're choosing to engage in or mindfully um, shift 
as mm-hmm. as Tony is uh, hopefully going to do. Uh, we we're excited about that for you, and we hope you'll come along with us this year as we delve into more pilgriming. Thanks for listening. Get lost with us. <laughs> <laughs> You're so smooth. I know. So smooth. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for walking with us. To stay connected, visit us at pilgrimlost.com. Please comment, share, and respond.